everybody, welcome into this episode, this very special, very historic episode of Frederick Uncut. First, uh, we have our first returning customer, and I don't know if that if that makes you feel good or bad, but we're happy to have you. Makes me feel great. Thank you. Ken Oldham. I think I got that right, like Birmingham. Yep. So that was good. I'm glad I didn't get that wrong. And then Nancy, Nancy Lavin. I will not say her middle initial because she gets so angry. <sighs> This is our final podcast with us. How are you, Nancy? I'm good. We're going to talk about the Unity Campaign, and I think we did this last year to talk about the Unity Campaign. We did talk about the Unity Campaign last year as well. So, So, Ken, tell us, what is the Unity Campaign, and what is United Way's role? Sure. So, the Unity Campaign is a collective fundraising effort among nonprofits uh, throughout Frederick County. So this year we have about 31 nonprofits participating in the Unity Campaign, and our goal is to raise as much money as we can in support of Alice Households and in support of uh, of the nonprofits who support them. You just said Alice Households. Yes. Can you explain what an Alice Household is? Alice Household. Alice stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained But Employed. Uh, these are working families in our community, but simply do not make enough to offset the pretty high cost of living in Frederick County. And it is high, right, Nancy? Amen. That's 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 right. It As is I moved high. to Silver Spring. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we well, there, you have a lot of stuff going on this year. We want to talk about it, but we also have we actually this is a very fun episode because we have clips we have this is interactive now we're also going to take phone calls at the end no we're not i'm kidding (laughs) but we nancy you went out if you want to kind of set this up you went out and you talked to actual people outside of this studio yes there are people outside of this studio um so graham cullen our multimedia director and i what we wanted to do this year since we had um ken on last year to talk about the unity campaign is to do something a little bit different this year um, to talk about, you know, who are the nonprofit beneficiaries and the clients they serve that benefit from the Unity Campaign. So we went out and we spoke to three different um, nonprofit executive directors or leaders about what their organizations do, um, what the Unity Campaign does for their organizations, and in turn for the clients that they serve. And I think the first one up is Ron Kramer from Habitat for Humanity. Yes. Can we hear that? Habitat for Humanity has a couple of uh, programs within the housing area, which is our home builds, which we're standing in a home build right now. And um, that's mostly at this time, single family homes, which will, as time goes on, turn into multifamily homes when we build new construction. Uh, And then we have our land trust, which is a program where we can buy houses that are already in the marketplace. Um, turn them back into uh, home ownership, reduce some repairs, fix up, and then we turn them back into home ownership. But the land stays with Habitat, and the home on top of the land goes to the, the property owner at that point in time. It saves about a third of the cost of housing here in Frederick County and keeps housing for about 200 years. So it's affordable housing for 200 years, so it's a great program. And then we have our a Brush with Kindness, or our Neighborhood Revitalization, which I like to call it. Um, where we're helping homeowners fix up their homes, do repairs, um, get them to a better place in their homes, especially when they have roofing problems, uh, plumbing problems, different things like that in their home. Uh, We do probably 80% of that for the elderly. So it's helping our elderly folks be able to age in place as well. So there are three housing programs, and we also have our ReStore that helps us fund 
the organization. So you know the United Way has the Alice Report, and they've identified that 20, uh, more than a quarter of the people in Frederick County cannot afford housing. So our demographic is those 25% of those people or 26% of those people that can't afford affordable housing. So that, that helps us. So we're helping people from 30% of the median income to 80% of the median income here at Habitat. The Unity campaign this year is going to 733 Park Avenue to build that house for a single mom and, and two children. Um, that the monies raised in the Unity campaign will help complete the house there in Brunswick. See, we, we struggled with who we were serving until the Alice report came out. So it has been tremendously helpful for us at Habitat to really pinpoint the people that, that we're actually serving and helping in Frederick County. Um, so it's given us some, some parameters on, you know, who we can help. And especially in the upper level, it, it, we always felt 60% was a, a good immediate stopping point for housing here in Frederick County. So our board of directors not too long ago, because of the Alice report, raised that to 80% to kind of meet those guidelines and those uh, people that the Alice report tells us that we need to be serving. So it, it's been a tremendous help for us to identify who we help and how we can help those people. I, I have a, a most favorite one and that was in our revitalization effort on 7th Street we had a, a house owned by I call him Mr. George and Mr. George um, lived in a house that the city was getting ready to condemn uh, both ingress and egress out of the home were very difficult he had porches falling in things like that uh, we came in the city called us we came in to help Mr. George repair we had uh, a couple of contractors from the area, plus Fort Dietrich, and um, some of the firefighters come over and help us redo Mr. George's house. But Mr. George was a hermit in his own house, he, he and his little dog. Once we got his house repaired and, and looking nice, he felt very proud of his home, and he was out and about in the community. So I stopped Mr. George walking down the street one day with his little dog, and I said, Mr. George, before I never seen you on 7th Street, and now I see you out walking around. And he said, you gave me a new lease on life. I, I don't have, the, I don't feel bad about my home or the neighbors asking me when I'm gonna fix something up. And now I got a whole new perspective. So he's out helping the neighbors do things, fixing their lawnmowers, things like that he likes to tinker around and do. So we actually gave him a, a new lease on life by just repairing his home and created a great person to help in the neighborhood. That was a lot. What did you think? Well, Habitat for Humanity is one of the one of the most wonderful organizations in the community. They give the gift of homing uh, mm -hmm. of home to 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 Alice Alice households and um, the one thing we know about Alice families is the number one cost cost burden to them uh, is is housing. Uh, so there are all kinds of efforts out now um, through through the county and through the nonprofit sector to, to address affordable housing. Yeah, he said there was that stat in there about a quarter of the people can't afford housing in the county. Is 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 that something you see getting better currently? I would I think quarter is probably under i mean okay. I, i'm saying if we if we have a alice household uh, a percentage of 32 percent, i would say close to 32 percent can't afford it for mm. can't find affordable housing in this community because ultimately cash is fungible what mm -hmm. you're paying in, in one area of your, your life you don't have to expend uh, elsewhere 
And one thing, um, so Habitat obviously has been um, a fixture in Frederick County for some time. However, this is, I believe, their first year participating in the Unity campaign, and that is because there's some new kind of criteria for which nonprofits can qualify to be a part of it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So we made a strategic decision coming into this year. Uh, so last year was the United Way's first year of facilitating the Unity campaign. We decided at that point to keep it as similar to prior years as possible. This year we wanted to broaden the scope. Uh, so instead of immediate family need and at-risk youth, that was the focus last year, uh, we decided to broaden it out to United Way's focused, area, focused areas, which are health education and financial stability, which really broadens uh, the ability uh, for, for us to allow other kinds of organizations in to, to support Alice households. We believe that health education and financial stability are really the building blocks of a successful community and certainly incredibly important to Alice households. So you're happy to have Habitat on board. Delighted. <laughs> Tell us about who are some of the other kind of new newcomers this year. So one of the things that the broadening of the scope do is it allowed us to bring in educational programs, uh, especially in, in the arts. Um, mm -hmm. So for, for the to first time in the Unity Campaign's history, we have, uh, we have arts organizations who are focused on, on, on bringing high-quality um, arts education opportunities to Alice, Alice households. Uh, so we have New Spire Arts and Frederick Children's Chorus, who are some uh, two of the most prominent arts organizations in the community. I, I anticipate that, that in, in out years with the Unity Campaign, that will, that will be growing. That's the, I didn't know the arts. Did you know the arts? Of course you knew the arts, yeah. Nancy. Yeah, I, that, it was in the article I wrote that I sent you, Colin. <laughs> which I read five mm -hmm. times. Yeah, I just That part I, mm -hmm. I, I just forgot. Um, so Habitat's new this year, mm -hmm. but there are other ones that have, uh, there are other organizations that are not new. They've been with you for a little longer. Sure. Um, and you also went out, Nancy, if you want to set this one up. You went out to Second Chances Garage. Right, and so they're a, a several-year participant in the Unity Campaign, and again, kind of a fixture in Frederick County. So we spoke with their executive director, Rick, a little bit about what their organization does, and again, um, some of the, the ways that their programs and services have been influenced by the Alice Report. My wife and I started Second Chances in 2010 as a part-time nonprofit, and since then we've grown into what we are now we have these two buildings and five bays that we can work on cars in we take donated vehicles from gracious folks in the community we refurbish those and place them with people that are working but can't afford to buy a car and we identify those people through our partner agencies. We're partnering with 40 nonprofits here in Frederick. So a lot of the other nonprofits that are in the Unity Campaign are our partner agencies. They identify people in their programs that need a car to get to work, to get to the, their doctor's appointments, get their kids to school, things like that. And they qualify them with the form that we've provided them, and then they send the qualification form to us. That person gets to purchase one of these refurbished cars, Maryland inspected, refurbished. We back it for six months to make sure they're on the road. We give them free oil changes for life, and 
they're able to purchase that car from us for $500 plus tax and tags. We, we have that in there to help them get ownership in the vehicle. And we found that that $500 price point is a reasonable price point, but yet it's, it's a stretch to attain it. So the cars get a lot, are, are valued a lot more, and they last a lot longer that way. A lot of times it's folks, especially when we started it, a lot of folks were losing jobs um, in that time frame. But at this point, it, it's still, somebody's lost a job, you know, they were, uh, if, if you talk to the United Way, um, they've done a study called their Alice Report, and you find that there are a lot of people that are just barely making ends meet. Everything is hanging on the one job they have, and for whatever reason, the company downsizes, and they're left without a job, and it only takes them a month or six weeks before their car gets repossessed, they get kicked out of their apartment, you know, the whole world comes crumbling down. And so a lot of times we're working with folks that are recovering from that situation. So a lot of these other agencies have been able to help them out, get them food, get them shelter, but we're the, we're the people in town that get them a car. In Frederick City, there's a bus service. It's, it's not a bad bus service for a town of our size, but it's still limited. Um, we have several clients that we have placed cars with that were, their job was limited by that bus route. And they were spending, in getting their kids to school or daycare and getting to work, they were spending two and a half hours a day just riding the bus. They got a car from us. They were able to open up their perspective and find a better job, a higher paying job, because now they were freed from the bus route. That's just a small example. And once you get out into the county, you've got to have a car in Frederick to get to work, get to the store, get to any services. It's just very difficult. And so, my wife and I saw that as a big problem. I like messing around with cars, so we put together this program to start, and it's just grown from here. So the grants that we get, we target for expansion and, and growth. Like a grant that we received last year helped us hire our administrative assistant part-time, and we were able to grow with his help to the point where we could hire him after that grant ran out. Um, we buy equipment. We've bought, in the past, with grants, we've bought tire machines, uh, tools, the lifts that you see out here in the bays, and even a tow truck. And so the grants are critical to help us with those expansion projects. You hear radio ads, you see newspaper ads, uh, Valpac coupons for places that want your car donation. We're one of the few of those places that actually use the cars. Ken, how familiar are you with uh, Second Chances? How long have they been involved? How, how long is how long they've been involved in the Unity campaign? Yeah, I'm not quite certain about that. For quite okay. some time, they've been involved probably since their founding, if I had to guess, which has been 
since 2010 or so. Do you, do you, have you ever, have you, now that was, who was that? Rick? Was that his Rick, name? Rick. Rick. Okay. Have you, uh, do you know Rick at all? Have I you, do. Okay. I do. <laughs> I do, do know Rick and I, I know Second Chance very well. I've, I've given two of my cars to them. As really? Well, You've given two of your cars? Yeah. So they fulfill a unique niche in this community. Yeah. Um, so you talk, we talked a little bit about housing. One of the mm-hmm. eight ma- other major challenges uh, for Alice households is transportation. And, and, and Rick said it right. Um, it, there, there, are, there are several things that we hear about uh, Alice households, uh, the emergencies that that happens. So they're typically one or two emergencies away, usually a loss of a job, um, a health care crisis, or something as silly as a broken down car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they fulfill a unique niche of affordable maintenance and affordable uh, purchase of vehicles uh, for for uh, for Alice households who qualify. Do they take like cars that are on their last leg? They take them and then they kind of fix them back up. So I'm not entirely sure about the intricacies of their okay. business operations, but they I believe they take any car, any car, uh, and okay. those that they can refurbish and put back on the road, they will. Otherwise, they can outsource it, collect the cash, and uh, for for selling that car, and then invest that in the business operation. Rick would be a better yeah. expertise on how what the intricacies of that relationship is i've had some really bad cars but i don't think they could use mine well of I the don't. two cars i had one of them they junked okay and one of them they put back on the road that's good and i, I do know rick told us when we went out there sometimes they ha- they actually sell cars at like market value that are like nice cars and and to mm. like market customers and that is in part how they fund the kind of nonprofit right. arm of their so the services. difference between them and a and then a commercial car car shop is that instead of putting that um putting that uh, the, the profit towards investors they invest the profit back into the operations which is uh, uh, I, I find them to be a, a a unique organization in the in, in the community and again satisfying in part that transportation challenge for Alice households. And I know Rick talked about, you know, when they were were opening in 2010, you know, people still recovering from the recession, lots of unemployment. Um, So the Alice report that everyone's referencing was published in 2016, but based on 2014 data. And my understanding is that there is going to be a new Alice report coming out this year. And um, I'm just wondering, you know, are you expecting things to look worse or so better for Frederick? We have we have seen a draft. Uh, you are correct. Though. So a rewrite is coming very shortly, if not in August, then in, in September. We're gathering as a as a Maryland Association of United Ways in the coming weeks to discuss the rollout of that. Uh, we have seen a draft. I cannot disclose any of the information in that draft, but I can tell you uh, it's concerning. Um, that the exact numbers uh, will save for another day, but it is it is concerning. What we know about, and Rick alluded to this, what we know about the recession is that there it was a very tough time, especially for Alice households, a big jump in the number of Alice households. Um, what we have seen since then is a recovery of the economy, which has been substantial, but not a recovery for Alice households. Uh, the, um, the, skew, the, the recovery has been skewed um, towards the wealthy and not towards those who, who struggle every day. Hmm. Well, well, go ahead. And I was going to say, too, I mean, I know I read about affordable housing a lot and just housing costs in general. Housing costs are going up. I would imagine transportation costs are going up. Costs for the kind of services that are basic needs are just continuing to go up. The costs for everything have gone up, and that's to be expected. What is not kept up is, wa- is wages. Now, the cost of public transportation 
is reasonable. The, the problem in, in, in Frederick County in general is the availability. Mm-hmm. And I got it. The Frederick County government and the city of Frederick and the state of Maryland do the absolute best they can to provide transportation, um, public transportation throughout. But it's a it's a matter of a limited tax base in Frederick County to be able to make make that happen. And their their tra- public transportation in the city of Frederick is pretty good. When we get out to outlying regions of the county, and we live in the largest county in Maryland, it's a big county geographically diverse, uh, the public transportation starts getting more sparse. There is availability of public transportation to Emmitsburg and to Brunswick, um, but the routes are not not often. The county did add a noon line uh, recently uh, to to Emmitsburg, uh, which has been very helpful. So like a second midday bus route. Right. Instead of, I mean, if, if you were reliant on public transportation um, before what you could do is you can get on in the morning you can get on get on in the evening to take you back now they've added a noon um, when we're talking about transportation we're talking about access to a job we're talking about access to health care we're talking about access to, to services uh, and when it's in a whole day or even a half day commitment of time one of those things is going to juggle if you're relying on public transportation. Mm-hmm. Well, we've addressed public transportation. We've also addressed housing. Uh, there's one more clip we have, and that is child care. Uh, Nancy, you went to the Boys and Girls Club. Would you like to set this final one up? Yeah, so we went to Boys and Girls Club of Frederick County to their uh, Burke Street facility, which is where they have their summer programs and also their um, sort of as their main base for their after-school programs, although they do have sites at the middle schools throughout the county. So we spoke with their executive director a little bit about the programs there and their upcoming move, um, which is in part going to expand some of the stuff that they do at their Burke Street facility. The Boys and Girls Club of Frederick County offers after-school and summertime programs when the kids are not in school. So we're open when school is closed, which is really the most vulnerable time for many of our young children. Our kids come from all over the city, um, and we serve children that traditionally might not be in some after-school programs. And we never turn a family away for the inability to pay. We keep our fees essentially a scholarship. Our after-school fee is only $35 a month and our summertime camp was only $125 a week. We offer character development during those program times. We do academics and even during the summer we had an academic summer brain game is what it's called to work on uh, middle, excuse me, work on literacy throughout the summer. Then we also have um, healthy habits, so we always engage in physical activity, what you would think kids need to get around and run around. Um, and we also talk about nutrition and then specific things that the kids are interested in, like arts and crafts. Um, some children this summer are going off to New Spire Arts for dance classes. Um, and we also just piloted a new middle school camp with Frederick Community College and the Housing Authority, where they're exploring the career opportunities at the Monroe Center for seven weeks. The funding through Unity really supports our fundamental programs. We are a nonprofit. We do not run based on the fees. Uh, we need the funds that come from the community and the support of the community. What a lot of people don't realize, even though we're a national or part of a national organization, we do not get a lot of direct funds from that national organization. They support us in many resources. They do not support us financially. 
So we really rely on the community to keep us running. And a lot of our kids just need a great opportunity. They don't have opportunities sometimes because their families are in different situations. And even just today, we're gonna to be going off to the Washington Redskin camp, hopefully Monday, for a special opportunity. We are very excited this winter. We expect to move into the old Lincoln A building, which will nearly quadruple our capacity to almost 200 children. Our current facility, which is provided to us through Frederick City on Burke Street, holds about 60 children. And that really limits us in terms of our neighborhood and our capacity. So we'll be able to expand into the Lincoln Elementary because it's right across the street, the neighborhood right there in terms of Carver and other um, homes. Uh, this building, Burke Street, will turn into our teen-only center, and that is actually a dream of the board that we've had for four to five years when we visited Chicago to offer a special site just for our teens because we know there's really, there's no place to go that's safe, supervised, and is just especially for teens. Um, this summer we had a number of families that were calling that were put on a waiting list because we weren't able to service them because we hit the 60 limit. Um, currently we just opened our fall registration and we have families already reaching out to us that we are not able to serve because they're out of our area. Uh, so we're starting to develop that waiting list. This summer, for example, we have, like I said, about 60 members. Half of those members are on some type of financial assistance. And when we look at the numbers in terms of the household income, all of those families are below Alice. Um, and even last year, Frederick News Post ran the four faces of Alice, and one of the families that was highlighted was one of our club families. So our family represents, number of them represents the families that are living in the Alice range and really need the support of a stable, safe after-school program for their children. Our families, our guardians are going to work and, and picking up their kids afterwards, and they just want a safe place for their kids to grow and develop. Ken, can you talk a little bit about uh, sort of the imperative nature of, of, of the help and child care in the county and all that? Sure. So the underlying premise of the Alice household is that they're employed um, as an asset-limited income-constrained employed. Mm -hmm. And what we find among Alice households is that they're working multiple jobs. Uh, sometimes, you know, if it's, in a two, if it's a two adult household, they're working two or three jobs each um, to make ends meet. Um, that puts an incredible amount of pressure uh, on, on families who are, who are raising uh, small children and, and teenagers. Um, child care um, is incredibly expensive, um, not overly available. And especially when we're getting into middle school and high school years, um, if uh, there is unsupervised time, uh, it can read to, lead to other very significant problems, either in in the, uh, for the community, or or for the the, the kids themselves. Uh, so the Boys and Girls Club does a really good job of of supervising kids, giving them constructive outlet for for their for their time and creativity. And it's really neat that they're that they're moving into Lincoln. Um, the quadrupling of that space is really important for them. Um, they have been stretched for space for a long, long, long time, uh, and this gives them an ability to to expand and, and, and grow, which is really important to them uh, for their work and also for their business model. She talked. I think she said that Nancy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but she, I think she said about half of the people who signed up were from Alice households. Is that correct? So sh what what she said is so their their summer program has about sixty yeah. you know children and and of those about half of them are on um, 
some sort of financial scholarship and they qualify for that based on income and those incomes are below what kind of United Way has determined to be the sort of minimum needed to afford cost of living. So the Alice household, yeah. Well, would there ever be any sort of Alice exclusive programs? Well, there there are um, Alex ex- Alice exclusive programs now forming. Um, okay. Many of, of the nonprofits throughout the com- uh, community are using the Alice thresholds to adjust their qualifi- qualification criteria. Okay. Um, up to this point, it may be a percentage of the federal poverty line, hmm. uh, which for for a, give you an idea for a single individual the. Poverty line is twelve thousand dollars. Many programs have gone to two hundred percent, so twenty-four thousand um, dollars. What we know about Alice households, the ability to afford a very, very basic cost of living is thirty-two thousand dollars a year. Hmm. Uh, so we have seen programs that uh, throughout the nonprofit community that have adjusted their their qualification criteria away from the federal poverty line, now adopting Alice Alice threshold because we believe it's a much better measure of of what it is to be um, to 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 struggle. Are there any other uh, programs, any other charities that you want to lift up that we haven't talked about for this year's? Well, campaign? there's so many. Uh, <laughs> I, I encourage everybody to go to to our uh, our website or the Unity Campaign's website mm-hmm. at uh, uh, unityfrederick.com and check out out the list. There are so many organizations there. There are 31. Uh, organizations, many, most of them well-known in the community. Some of them may be news to, to some of some of your listeners. So I really encourage uh, you, everybody to go and look at that list. Uh, if you find it in yourselves to support those organizations, that's a great thing. But at the least, um, it's really good to go and just see, uh, you know, the availability of services in the nonprofit community. This is a great place to go. And so the the sort of timeline for this, you can actually donate online either to individual nonprofits or kind of to the campaign in general starting now. But when is kind of the big? So the big push is going to start September 11th, uh, which is September 11th. It's an easy date to remember. That's true. And ends on September 23rd, which is easy for me because it's my birthday. Oh, so I, I actually, for the first time in the two years, I actually know the dates. <laughs> September 11th to September 23rd. Okay. And those are the kind of, that's the big push for the 12 days of giving. Yeah, we are accepting contributions now, but the big marketing push will be happening in, in September. Um, we, we decided to open up the doors uh, about a month ago. Um, because if someone's ready and motivated to give, we don't want to say wait till September. We're ready to take mm-hmm. contributions right now. And I'm delighted to report uh, that we have raised about $120,000 so far. That's mm-hmm. compared to what we raised this time exactly last year at $64,000. Wow. So we're off to a really strong start. We're really excited about it. And yep. your your fundraising total, what would be the the birthday present for you at the end would be to reach? Well, we 475 is the goal. I want to blow that out of the water. So we'll see okay. see what happens. That's what I was going to ask you. So maybe a million dollars. That'd be that'd be great. <laughs> Do you are you like what what's the most any campaign has raised? So last year was was the biggest. We raised about four fifty. Okay. Yeah. So we're verging on a half million. I'd love to be able to push past half million. That would be that'd be a that'd be huge for us. Thirty one programs, uh, half a million dollars. What's the split on that? What's the average? Yeah. Man, they so, all so have. If someone you go, pull out a cell phone, figure that out. If you go to the website too, I think they all have kind of like yeah. lists of what their like identified goals are. So some okay. have a higher goal than others. So oh. what, what we did 
this year we brought, we're deploying some new technology. So we've partnered with a group called Mobile Cause, and in Mobile Cause, uh, it, it's a uh, it's a social media um, crowdsourcing site. And if you go to unityfrederick.com, you will see each organization listed. They will have their individual goals, the programs that they want to do, and the opportunity to contribute or the opportunity to be a fundraiser. So, you know, if there's an organization that someone is really enthusiastic about, you can sign up for a goal yourself to help push uh, push that organization. Uh, it's the, the beauty of crowdsourcing is to get to get everybody in and to be a fund fundraiser, so it's it's going to be interesting how this how this rolls out this year. And you guys are also doing some training for the nonprofit kind of leaders and employees about how to market themselves for this campaign and in general, because part of fundraising is that you have to let people know about your programs. Especially this day and age, um, technology is changing very very quickly. So this is an opportunity. For us, um, us as United Way and as a Unity campaign to help train ourselves and the nonprofit community about some of the trends that are going on, uh, in, in especially in the social media side. I mean, Facebook is changing their algorithms all the time uh, to be able to keep up to date on what's going on and then to not only train but to deploy that, that training immediately. This year, we're going to be focused on, on, uh, on, on videos. Um, so we've got a video campaign that's now in the works. It's going to be it's going to be really interesting how it all all folds out. Is there anything else new that, that we should know about going into this year? We covered a lot we of covered it. Uh, so the big new things is we have thirty one organizations. We have a new goal of uh, four hundred and seventy five thousand uh, dollars. We've got uh, the broadening of the scope to health, education, and financial stability, uh, and we're off to the races accepting contributions right now. Okay, fair enough. Um, when the new Alice report comes out, you want to come back on? We'll have you third third time guest. Third time guest? Wow, that, that would that would be amazing. And no. we'll bring Nancy back just for that too. <laughs> That'll be good. You'll come back, right, Nancy? Oh, of course. That's that's right. We are expecting the new Alice report some hopefully before uh, before mid September, and okay. the information is going to be uh, really really important to the community as a whole. Nancy, any last words? I don't think so. That's it. We're done. This is so sad right now. This is so sad. One more time, if you can give people the website and, and uh, any other way they can donate. Yeah, unityfrederick.com is the best, play, best place to contribute. If someone wants to write a check, we'll happily accept that. You can give us a call. All the contact information is at that, that website. I do want to say, Nancy, it's been a pleasure working with you all this time. We're so sad to see you go. You've been a great advocate for, for Alice Households, and we thank you a great deal. Thanks. She's going to cry now. We, we've got to stop. We've got to cut this. Cut. <laughs> Ken Oldham, thank you. Oldham, right? I got that? You got it. Good. Thank you so much for coming by again. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thank you very much for having me.